this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez, and wow, today I'm excited. we got some really great things going on here in the ministry and just book sellings, and I've got a new book that just released this October, which was the other day, and so I'm excited. It's called Truth, and I'm just going to talk about that today with you guys, and so I hope you all are having a great week so far, and I hope you're, yeah, just today is just extraordinary for you, and so maybe this podcast will even add a little bit more of revelation for you guys to begin to incorporate within your own life. And so I'm naming this podcast today, The Abusiveness of Truth. The Abusiveness of Truth. Now, many of you are probably thinking, wait a minute, hold on, stop. Truth is not abusive. Truth sets us free. Well, here's why I say this to you, because my book this month came out called Truth, What to Do With It. And I love it because it was such a huge revelation for me that I created a workbook to go alongside with it, which you can buy as a combo on the website of IdentityNetwork.net. But one of the things I wanted to do today is be able to bring out what I call the sword of truth. Because, you know, the Bible says, you know, God's word cuts asunder between soul and spirit. And so we know his word of truth actually can sort of penetrate us and separate us from, let's say, our emotions, our mind, our will and emotions that maybe sometimes can sort of, you know, um, take dominion over our lives versus the spirit of us, you know, that sort of moves in this place of peace. And so sometimes we have to separate ourselves from the emotional aspect of it versus the true authentic self of who God created us to be. And so when we see truth, truth penetrates us, sets us free, and it's like a sword that begins to help us to cut asunder between those two things. However, sometimes people really don't understand exactly how to develop truth and what do you do with truth when you get it. So today I want to talk about that abusive part of truth. Now, when I say abusive part, let me sort of reiterate something to you that I've said for a long time, and that is this, that when you think of truth, you have to remember that there is a genuine, authentic side to each and every one of us that actually begins to bring in the development of revelatory evolving truth within inside of us that each and every person on this planet should, we'll say should, move into and develop because learning is part of the human race. Getting, you know, gaining wisdom, gaining, you know, uh, uh, truth, gaining education, gaining knowledge, all these things are things that every person on this planet has somehow evolved into. Even if you think about tribes in the deepest parts of Africa, you know, or maybe the deepest parts of Australia, you, you think of the fact that they're still evolving into a greater place than what they were yesterday. So everybody on this planet is actually learning something new every single day. And because of that, that knowledge is increasing in the earth like the Bible talks about. And so when we deal with even things such as law of attraction, attracting to our lives what we are, attracting to our lives how we think, attracting to our lives, you know, what we believe that we the, the, the real us really is, and whether we know that subconsciously or we know it, you know, consciously, we are are always attracting into our world 
things. And so with that said, I want to be able to help you on the area of truth to where it'll help you to, yes, attract the right things, but also be able to use truth in a right way as a sword that cuts asunder between your your own individual self of sort of separating the real you from that persona, from that sort of personality that you, you look at yourself in the mirror and say, oh, well, my this is my personality. You know, this is, you know, how I do things, you know, as if it's concrete in you, which is not. Because concrete in you are things that are that are in the spirit realm. And when you deal with personality traits, personalities come and go. They will shift and evolve throughout your life. Because think about it, if not, if you think your personality is truly the real you, then how come you're not acting the personality you were when you were five years old or ten years old? You know why? Because personality develops. It shifts. It changes. And sometimes we get deceived by the fact that we become our personality thinking it's who we are, when in essence it's not. It's a, it's a part of the development and the learning cycle of our lives that should automatically change and sort of shift, let's say, every five years, ten years, whatever. So through truth, truth is like that sword that cuts asunder between the personality that's always going to shift and prove to us and show us that, you know what, this is not really the real you because it's going to evolve and shift anyway and something's going to die off and some things are going to add to it. But it cuts asunder between that type of reality of our personality to prove to us that the real thing that we really are is the spirit part of us, not the personality, not not the things in the soul that's always going to be able to be wounded, get you know, or get hurt, or get joyful, or get glad, or get mad, because those things will automatically shift like energy, right? So because of that, we have to begin to realize that truth sets us free. How? It sets us free by separating the things that we think are truly us. That's really not us. And so the abusiveness of truth comes in from the part that we play when we receive the truth of God as revelation and we say, man, look what I've got. Look how I've read this scripture. This scripture has been, you know, revealing to me how, you know, how helpful for me. Hey, this principle has set me free or, you know, this, this job has really helped me to develop myself because anything really that is in this world that you're hearing in your ear, Okay, and I say that in a sense of saying, if you think the Bible is the is the you know inerrant word of God, if it's perfect, and then you look at other things and say they're not perfect, it doesn't matter if it's perfection or non-perfection because of the fact whatever it is you learn, you're going to hear it through your natural ears, even if you perceive it to be something the Holy Spirit's telling you. Now, even if it's the Holy Spirit telling you that, or if it's a Bible teacher showing you what the Scripture means, or it's some kind of you know major scholar, some theologian saying, well, this is what it means, and however you hear it, because you will hear it differently even from the way it's taught. And even if you do hear it the way it's taught, guess what? You're still going to process that in your mind, and you still still have to remember one huge important principle and truth, and that is this. You are hearing it from a man's opinion. Because anyone who teaches us any scripture, any principle, any this or any that, we have to begin to understand that that means that it's going to be through a human voice. And even if, let's go there for a moment, let's say from the perfect, perfected to the imperfect, even if the Holy Spirit reveals something to you and says in your spirit and says, this is what this means, here's the key thing you have to understand. 
He, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit brings all things back to your remembrance. Notice it's singular, your remembrance. And then you hear the scripture where it says, work out your own, your own salvation with fear and trembling. So what the word of God is letting us know is in order for you to begin to receive truth, authentic, real, healthy truth, you're going to have to receive it through the ears of understanding this is for me personally. This is for my lifestyle. This is for my authenticity. This is for my flesh and blood. This is for the persona of me and a triune being of body, soul, spirit. Why? Because when you receive truth, it separates you what? From the real uh, to the evolving personality. It's, it brings into, into play with you just to bring you further into an evolving place of, uh, of where you need to be in God's will. So it has to be personal. When you think about truth, you have to begin to realize that it's not something that other people are going to automatically jump on board with you because it is not 99.6% of the time, it's not going to be their truth. And because it's not their truth, here's what happens. Then you respect them. Here's why I say this to you. When you try to push across a truth, even if you say, this is what the scripture says, this is what it means, I know this, it's truth, don't argue with the truth, then here's what happens. Because you will still find yourself, and here, here's why I say this to you, why it's very authentic and very real for you. Because how many know that when the pe when people begin to say that to someone, and they say, this is what the scripture means, this is what it says, okay? Isn't it interesting that what they have to do is you find themselves interpreting what that quote-unquote truth is to the other listener to where they will feel they're telling the other person the truth. Well, here's the key thing. If it's truth, then why do you need to open your mouth to explain it? Hello? Think about that. Why would you need to open your mouth to explain a truth if it's a universal truth to everyone who just reads it and doesn't have any interpretation, has no one explaining to them, then how come we still tend to have, uh, you know, hundreds of denominations in Christianity? Is it because that we want to get narrow-minded and say, because let's, let's just say, for example, if there's 200 denominations in Christianity, let's just go there for a moment, then what we're saying is this, 199 of them are completely in error and wrong, and there's only one. There's only true, one true, as many people would say, one true church, one true denomination, then guess what? You mean 199 churches, which probably, which probably each church might have five different ministers in it and a whole congregation full of people, which we're talking about thousands upon thousands upon thousands, probably in the millions, that every one of those people are deceived and not a single one of them actually was able to quote unquote hear the Holy Spirit correctly. That's what you're saying when you say that. And you can't go that route because it opens up this big Pandora box that opens up pride for you. The ego begins to, to rise in you and you begin to become the person who's closed-minded and you begin to be the person that says, I know the truth. You're wrong. You're wrong. This lifestyle's wrong. This woman over here is wrong. He's wrong. She's wrong. This president's wrong. This political party is wrong. They're wrong. 
then what happens is, guess what? The ego has taken you over completely. Your egotism has totally ruled you. And what does the Bible say? Pride cometh before a fall. So is it those, for example, that you have pointed the finger at to say they're all wrong? Is it those people who are falling? Absolutely not. It is you, my friend, who's going to take a deep deep plunge. Because you have to begin to realize the more that we begin to point outwardly and say someone is wrong, something is wrong, their belief is wrong. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't speak in tongues. They don't believe in healing. They don't believe in this. Well, here's the case uh, that, that we have to understand. If that's the case, you're literally pointing the finger of ego back at yourself, and which means you're filling yourself up full. Every time you point to somebody, you're literally filling yourself fuller, more full, whatever you want to call it, with more demonic things. You're literally opening the door up for the enemy to have complete full reign within you every time you outwardly do that. That's why your weapon of warfare is what? Judge not lest you be judged. Your weapon of warfare is pointing the finger to yourself and pulling the plank out of your own eye. Do you realize that? See, many of us think that, that a weapon of warfare means it's going to have to be external. External. Let me ask you an honest question. Did Jesus ever do that one time in his whole entire uh, uh, ministry here on earth? Not one. Because what he was pointing to was pull the plank out of your own eye. Work out your own salvation fear and trembling. You ask, you seek, you knock, and you're going to be able to discover and find. And nowhere does it say that you should sit under people and, and not that it's wrong because we do believe in submission and protocol, but that you should center to people and realize that there's no such thing as Holy Spirit. No one can teach you, you know, like when you're alone, unless you get under someone else. And that's not even biblical, right? Because the Bible lets us know we're not even led by the Bible. I mean, you know, those people who would say blasphemy, then you've got to be able to read your own Bible then, because what I'm speaking is actually not blasphemy, it's actually it's actually Bible. And that is, you're not led by the Bible, you're led by the Spirit of God. Why? Because if you're led by the Spirit of God, then that means there's no one, I love this, this blows my mind, that means there's no one who can ever say, well, this is what the Holy Spirit is, and this is what the Holy Spirit says. Because guess what? There's nothing written down. To point the finger to, to say, let me explain to you what the Holy Spirit says, what the Holy Spirit is. There's nothing written down. Isn't that awesome? And what that means, and no, most people don't realize that, because when you have something written down, you're going to have a lot of interpretations, a lot of translations, because people can take things the wrong way. People can underst doesn't understand exactly from 2,000 years to 5,000 years where periods are, where commas are. They don't understand what the original words really mean. And from culture to culture, they believe totally different. And so you're going to get a huge diversity of things. I was speaking with someone in my family this morning. No names here. Love them dearly. And they were talking about, you know, the Americanized part of, 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 uh, of Christianity and how they felt like, you know, we do stuff right here. And I thought, no, we don't. You know, Christmas is about this. No, it's not. You know, with the Hispanic culture, you know, they do Christmas totally different. They do it wrong. Eh, eh, eh. Nope, 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 nope. You can't say that. There's no right and wrong here. Cultural things are not about right and wrongs. Cultural things are to be respected in the boundaries in which they grew up in because no one has the right or the copyright on Christmas Day of how Christmas should look. Right? Because Christmas should be that of how each person on, in every culture wants to celebrate it themselves. And so Americanized Christianity has become so full of egotism and pride that we feel like it's the, it's the right way. Well, I have news. Jesus wasn't white. Jesus wasn't back, black and he wasn't Hispanic. He was a Middle Eastern. The same Middle Eastern people that many of you target as being bad or possibly bad Muslims or terrorists. 
So guess what? Jesus would be your enemy if he was alive today because I don't feel like our discernment would be strong enough and tough enough to even see through that because we've so Americanized our Christianity that we do not even understand through true discernment the good from the bad and understand it because we're too busy judging by color and culture. No wonder why we don't we have horrible discernment here in this country. Because our pride has taken us over as feeling as if we're right and they're wrong. So when you think about truth, you have to begin to realize it plays the same exact role. You cannot have the power to begin to look at people and say, let me teach you and show you and train you. Now, is there anything wrong with teaching and training? Not at all. But a real, and let me, let me stress this really strong, a real, mature, authentic, powerful apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher will tell you don't take what I'm telling you you pray about it yourself see if you get what I'm what I'm saying if the shoe doesn't fit and in, in your interpretation of that and the Holy Spirit shows you something totally different then do me a favor throw out what I've told you because you have to understand I'm not led by a word or words that's why I said that in a, in, a, in a respectful, holy way of looking at the Bible. I'm not led by words. I'm led by a spirit that I can't see, but I know and I believe is inside of me, revealing to me the truth called Jesus, which is a person. So because of that, I don't have the right or the validation or the verification or whatever you want to say, call it, to begin to tell people this is the facts. This is the truth. This is what this means. All I have the power to do is bring forth the respectfulness to say and a humility and a vulnerability to say this is what and how I see it because I feel it's how the Holy Spirit has revealed this to me, but yet you pray about it. You be led by the Spirit and you see what you get because maybe, just maybe, what you get might actually be something so totally different and radically different different from, from what my interpretation is, that you might be the one to set me free, not even realizing I'm the one that needs to be set free. That maybe I'm the one that needs to see it from a different point of view, a different light. I, I used to love traveling, which I still do, ministering around the globe. And one of the things I always teach people is this. When someone has something, hey, share it with me. I want to hear it. You know why? Because it doesn't matter if, I, if I'm if i a prophet, hold an office, or I don't. Either way, I still have to learn, folks. I still have to learn. And I can't rely just solely on you know, myself or what I perceive to be the Holy Spirit. My, I have to begin to lean not to my own understanding. Hello. This is where this is where truth begins to really hit home with each one of us. The Bible says, "Lean not to your own understanding." Some of you just got set free from hearing that because when you feel as if this is what the Scripture says, okay, then you're leaning to your understanding of what that Scripture says. How many just get just got that? And so the Bible makes it clear and plain: you're not supposed to lean towards that. You're supposed to lean towards a place of lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, and I love this, check this out, in all your ways, acknowledge me. It doesn't say, it doesn't even say lean not to your own understanding, but lean to my understanding. Because if you think about it, if, if that scripture says don't lean to your understanding, lean to my understanding, says the Lord, if that was the case, then we would really be in a worse case than we are right now. Because then we would say, well, if Jesus told me, in my spirit, that's his understanding. Are you with me? And if you think about it, Jesus doesn't, God doesn't have an understanding. He doesn't have to understand. If you have the power to understand, that means you obviously at one point didn't understand and you came into the place of understanding. 
I don't want to get too deep with you guys, but you're getting that. And so God doesn't have an understanding because he doesn't understand. He is, he is the word. He is the finale. There's no rhyme or reason. God doesn't need to sit here and say, I got to figure out what this means. Oh, I got the truth now because he is that truth. So God doesn't need to understand himself. God doesn't need to understand exactly what he believes he set into motion. And he, he didn't sit there and say, let me think, let me think. Now I could actually do this or I could actually do that. Gosh, which one do I need to do? I need to, I need to get my mind cleared for a moment. No, he doesn't do that. And a lot of times humans begin to look at God as if that's how God functions and flows. God doesn't. God is the truth. God is the way God is the life. And so because of that, we have to begin to realize that you are leaning to your own understanding when you you feel your trans, your interpretation is a flat out truth for the whole world. Your truth is not true for the whole world. Jesus is that truth, which means if you're in conversation with Jesus, that means if I'm in conversation with him, what that is saying to me and telling me is that I have to constantly beginning to begin to learn from him of, of his truth. And that means you're sometimes going to miss it. Sometimes I'm going to mistranslate it. Sometimes I'm going to miss the tone. Sometimes I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to hear him, you know, all the way or properly or distant or near because that's how we carry on conversations here on this planet because we have an ear to hear the bible says in the spirit realm which means really draw your best to hear get out of your understanding to hear what i'm saying to you as an individual and that way we can respect other people's under understandings we can respect other people's you know revelations because we realize you know what it doesn't have to be understood by me it has to be your truth and if you're bearing forth fruit from it and people are being blessed by what it is you believe hey more power to you I mean, if you feel like, for example, your your understanding was, you know, hey, God has told me through this scripture that I'm supposed to go and, and murder people. I'm going to go stab my neighbor, shoot my neighbor on the other side, and I'm going to poison everybody around me because that's what I feel like the Bible says to me. Well, there's a different story in that, right? Totally different story. When you see outward expression of pain and hurt through somebody's belief in other people, let me just be honest with you and tell you right now, it is always wrong, my friend. There is not ever a right with that, right? Because we understand from from, from a higher point of understanding that love, which God is love, doesn't hurt things. And God does, and, and love doesn't hurt people. And so that's one universal truth that we always can be guaranteed with. That if a person's belief is based on hurting other people, raping other people, murdering other people, destroying, you know, someone's body, you can destroy your own body. That's your business, right? But when you deal with somebody else's, then somebody needs to step in because your belief just not isn't right, right? And you're going to have to be into, you know, um, bear forth much fruit and see the love producing and that helps people to say hey maybe what you do believe is a truth maybe for myself as well because I see you bearing forth fruit and I haven't been really bearing forth a lot of fruit with my belief recently so wow maybe God is wanting me to be attracted to you to learn from you a little bit more to absorb maybe how you're seeing something maybe now that truth I'm ready to be able to receive, right? And that's the beautiful thing about, about the kingdom. So truth should never be abusive in the situation uh, or, the, or in the stance of you throwing it at somebody and telling them this is what it says when the other person's like, well, I don't see it that way or I don't want to see it that way. Then what it means is they're not awakened to what you're saying. And it does not mean that their heart is hardened, they're evil people, they're already been turned over to Satan. I mean, I've heard, if, if you only knew, folks, let me tell you something. As a minister, I've heard more extreme crazy stories all my life of people who say they're turned over to the devil and I'm like and I'm looking at the person they, they're talking about being turned over to the devil and I'm like 
They look pretty sweet to me and pretty nice and pretty loving. I mean, I, either I'm just totally deceived or maybe something's not right with this picture here, right? But yeah, they'll say that sometimes because, the, and I'll ask them, well, why do you say the internal of the devil? Because they didn't want to receive the truth. Oh, hold on a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Can you tell me what that truth is? Is it actually Jesus? Oh, they claim there's, there's Christian, but they believe this scripture totally different. Okay, well, last time I checked, it's those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I, I, I'm sorry, I must have had the scripture wrong. I didn't realize it said those who call upon your interpretation of it shall be saved, or your translation of it. I could have sworn the Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord. All right, so I thought it was about Him and not how you believe in your understanding. Hello. And so this is where we begin to have to unravel these, these, these mysteries that are damaging people to bring forth the truth because respect always says, you know, it's, it's like there's a, there's a Indian saying, I mean, if you're going to cringe because you're like, I can't learn anything outside of scripture, you know, and I want somebody to say, then don't teach your children math and history and English and don't let them read any book that might be a fun book like, you know, Tom ran with Jane and see Jane run because it's not the Bible. Throw it out now, you know. I mean, let's get, let, let's get, let's not be ridiculous. Let's be a little bit more level headed and mature to say, hey, Guess what? There are universal principles. There are things that are just across the board that just help people. <laughs> you know, that are that are good things, good principles, good sayings, good things that, that will sort of melt our heart or give us a little knowledge. That's why we have knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom's from the Lord and knowledge is, is great because knowledge shall increase in the earth, which is a learning understanding of, of things, of people, of technology, different parts of life, right? And so because of that, you either take it, you either take it all or you take none of it and throw every bit of it out, even your children's books. Because if you're going to be that extreme, then you don't need to walk outside your front door. Don't go to the grocery store because even if you read a label for a piece of, you know, fruit, guess what? You're reading something that's not biblical. So you need to throw it out, right? See how ridiculous that sounds? But if you're going to go all the way, you need to go all the way, folks. Hello. But guess what? It's okay. It's okay to realize that there are other things out there that are powerful, that help people, that revolutionize people's lives and set them free. There are principles that draw people closer to the Lord and before they even start picking up a Bible, for goodness sake. And so we have to begin to realize that God, God has the right, reserves the right to use stepping stones throughout creation to get people where they need to be. And sometimes he doesn't, well, most of the time, he doesn't really need your understanding involved. And he doesn't need your conversation. You just have to be a willing vessel. That's why the Bible says decrease that God can increase in you. You know what that means? It means decrease your understanding because it's going to get in the way of God speaking through you. Decrease in your interpretation, your translation. It's getting in the way of God using you. And that's why people struggle. I can't seem to hear from God for other people. I can't seem to help other people because you're too much in the way. When he says to decrease, get rid of your mind, and whatever whatever is said to you, say it, whether it goes against your own belief system. Do you know how many prophetic words I've given in my life that literally went against my own belief? But you know what I realized? God didn't ask me. God didn't ask me because he says, you believe correctly. <laughs> you, you know, your theology is correct, so I'm going to use you. God used people all to the Bible. All through the Bible that didn't have a lick of common sense, as we say in the South, a lick of common sense, because they didn't, you know? And so when you understand that, you realize, you know, God really doesn't care what you believe and he doesn't care about your understanding. He cares about what he knows is right for you as an individual. So let's get off the abusive truth kick. 
Let, let, let's throw that to the curb finally and say, I can allow myself to be free by the truth God shares with me and to be that light to other people to where if they see it and want to know, not that I have to shove it down their throat, but if they see me and just are inquisitive and maybe drawn by the Spirit to say, hey, why do you believe what you believe? I'm really intrigued by that. Guess what that is? Red, red flag in a good way. Ding, ding, ding. A white flag. Let me see it. A white flag of submission. Ding, ding, ding. The Holy Spirit saying, I'm bringing them to you. Hello. You know what I mean? And you still don't need to give your interpretation. You can still just share what you believe. That's all you got to do. Being a light is the most powerful thing. And being a light doesn't even mean sometimes you have to open your mouth. And through that is where people begin to develop their own hearing for God to see what they need to be told and how they need to feel, how they need to believe, how they need to read scriptures. And that's why it's called truth, because truth sets us free. It progressively sets us free in our lives without asking us if we understand it, without asking us if we believe it, without asking us, hey, is it popular? Is, it, is this a buzzword for the people? You know? No. Truth doesn't really care about that kind of stuff. And you shouldn't either. Because you should be the person who says, I'm called to be a light. And, I'm no, I, and I don't want to judge anybody. I don't want to feel like this person's wrong, no matter what they feel, what they believe. Because you know the truth is, we're always learning. The greatest thing about me, the older I get, and I feel like people should feel this way or maybe or really do feel this way. The older I get, the more I realize I don't know a whole lot. And yet I've been through Bible school. I've been trained by the best people that you guys would know if I told you their names. I've traveled the globe. I've, I've established schools. I've been on radio shows, TV shows. I, I've been on networks. I, I mean, I've, I've, just done, I've done it all. And I still look in the mirror and say, I don't know as much as I thought I did. Because the power, the power to me, the power to me is not knowing what I know. The power to me is actually knowing that I don't know that I should be able to learn and know. <laughs> Amen? That's a tongue twister for you. Those are the things that empower us the most. So I hope this podcast helped you guys out a little bit more without being a big tongue twister. But I want to encourage each one of you. If you're, if you're understanding a little bit more of, wow, maybe I need to learn a bit more of that, get my book. Go to the website, identitynetwork.net, and put in these two words, truth combo, truth combo. And you can get it as a combo, the book and the workbook, as a PDF file, download them instantly as ebooks, or you can order them from our, uh, from our warehouse. My team will ship them out to you, and I'll be glad to autograph it for you, no problem at all. But definitely get this book. I think the world would be a better place if Christians could begin to understand what we do with what we have, what we do with truth when we receive it. The truth is, when we receive truth, we want to tell the whole world about it. And that's great, and that's wonderful, and you should. However, don't make it their truth. Let the Holy Spirit do His job. The more that you say, this is what it means, here's what you're saying. Holy Spirit, get out of the way. Don't need you. Move out of the way. You're not doing a good enough job. I can do better. That's what you're saying. And you don't want to step on the Holy Spirit's toes. Trust me. That's not something you want to, you want to tip, you want to, um, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to cross that line, right? You don't want to cross that line with the Holy Spirit. So don't do it. Give free reign for the Holy Spirit to move and respect that person enough to say, you know what, you'll get it, you'll get it, you'll, you'll get it, trust me. Let the Holy Spirit teach you and tell you and show you. And He will. So if you enjoy this podcast, let me just say this. I am thrilled and glad and honored you guys are part of my life. I really, really am. We have thousands of people around the globe who are part of us. And I want to say this to, to you today. If you don't like your day, 
there's some good news for you. If you don't like your day, change the way you're thinking. Change the way you look at your life. Change the way you look at people. And you mark my word if your day will not instantly begin to start progressively changing for you in a good way. God bless. This has been the Thoughts Become Things podcast with Jeremy Lopez, helping you reach your highest creative potential that God has for you. For more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.